This is Mark Shanowski. Now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special, and here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 17th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you tonight on September 7, 2018, welcoming listeners to the 17th episode of Will's fifth quarter special. I'm here tonight with another new guest host of the show, making his debut on Will's fifth quarter special. It's Anthony Ferretti, news and sports reporter and new Reds bird's eye view producer over at WZNE. So, Anthony, it's a rainy one here on campus, but you made it here safely. We're glad to have you here on the show tonight. Well, um, thanks for having me. Well, I'm very excited to be here tonight and can't wait to talk some sports for the next hour. Well, we were just talking about it before the show. There's a lot to cover here, Mr. Ferretti. There's a lot to cover as the Illinois State volleyball team as a record of 6-1 and one now to start 2018, and we have a very exciting interview. Uh, first on the show tonight is the first ever player interview in the history of Will's fifth quarter special that will be featured tonight as I sat down to interview Illinois State Volleyball senior Lexi Varga. As we mentioned, the Illinois State Redbirds won game one of three in the Cougar Challenge Tournament taking place this weekend. How can the Redbirds continue to play well this weekend in their first time ever playing in Washington in the program's history. What can we expect from Coach Johnson's Redbirds that in this tournament could foreshadow a few weeks before the Missouri Valley Conference play? And with Coach Johnson having five seniors as well, how can this team continue to grow throughout the year with its newcomers and start off well early? The Illinois State football team won their home opener last Saturday night at Hancock Stadium as they hosted the St. Xavier Cougars. How can they bring their early success to continue Saturday night against Eastern Illinois University? The Chicago Bears made another franchise-changing move as young NFL GM Ryan Pace made the deal that brought defensive star Khalil Mack to Chicago. How does this move positively impact the future for the Monsters of the Midway? The Bears start their 2018 regular season on the road against the rival Green Bay Packers. What can we expect from new head coach Matt Nagy and his Bears Sunday night at Lambeau Field? The Chicago White Sox are facing a tough injury to their young phenom pitcher Michael Kopech, but are still playing well toward the end of their 2018 season. What positive signs can this team that's seen some tough injuries throughout the season carry towards the end of year two of their rebuild? The Chicago Cubs on the other side of the town up north won another one in 10 innings Thursday night off the bat of late-inning hero David Bodie. How can the Cubs continue this type of success toward their 2018 postseason hopes? The show will continue as usual to monitor the offseason for the Chicago Bulls organization as it continues to unfold in their offseason. The show will close with the original fun segment of Will's Sports Movie Moment. So, Anthony, we're going to start in the collegiate segment here tonight with Illinois State Volleyball as the Illinois State Redbird Volleyball team is currently at a record of 6-1 heading into the remaining two games, the second game of the three in the Cougar Challenge that starts tonight as a 921st serve in Pullman, Washington under second-year head coach Leah Johnson. The Redbirds, from newcomer to senior veteran, play their hearts out for Redbird faithful from every set, serve, kill, and game. The Redbirds have five seniors on the team currently, in Courtney Pence, Lexi Wallen, Lexi Varga, Jordan Weatherless, and Allie Line, who have high hopes, along with these newcomers that came to the team this year, for a successful season. I had the pleasure to interview one of those five senior players, that shared with me what her journey has been like heading into her fourth and final season as a Redbird with Illinois State Volleyball. She's a great player for ISU on and off the court, being a key contributor to the team's success and future moving forward. 
I had the chance to speak with ISU Volleyball senior Lexi Varga as she reflected on her time at Illinois State University to this point and what Redbirds can expect from the 2018 Illinois State Volleyball team. Welcome to a podcast that's not just for professional sports, but we talk a lot of Illinois State sports. So welcome to Willis Fifth Quarter Special. I see we're glad to have you here. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So there's a lot of excitement for you. It's not just your senior year. You have four other seniors with you. So the first question I have that a lot of listeners might not know since they're maybe new to following the team, uh, new to seeing you play, what has this journey been like starting at Illinois State as a freshman and having four other seniors like Courtney Pence, Lexi Wall, and, and Jordan Weatherless along with you to the journey to this point? Um, having them here as starting as a freshman has been amazing. You know, most most times when you look at college sports, you look at every class, and most classes, somebody leaves, somebody comes. and So I think it's a really special thing that all of us have been here together, and we started this thing together, we're going to end this thing together. Um, you know, when we came in as freshmen, we were so, like, off. We had no idea what we were doing. You know, you come in as a freshman, you have no idea. You're, like, super confused, super, like, stressed out. You have no idea what's going on, and then... But then you look around and you're like, okay, there's five of us. We can do this. Like, we have each other. We're the best of friends. Like, we can do this together. And now we're looking back and we're like, wow, now we're leading a group of girls and we're leading such a great group and we're such great people together and we work really well together. So it's been awesome, like, being with my best friends and finally finishing my family together. Yeah, the exciting thing, I'm sure, is just to see how that team has grown with the five of you together and just. It's been interesting, I'm sure, for you. Uh, last year as a junior, you had a new coach come into town in Coach Leah Johnson after uh, Coach Myers left the team. So what has that been like, Just not just getting to play in Coach Johnson's newer uh, style system of play, but just getting to know her as a coach and just building that team chemistry with her? What, what was that like starting last year? So, you know, we always talk about whenever we get asked this question. You know, we say, we say how we love Melissa in the sense that Melissa was somebody that we all knew for years prior. So, you know, it was hard having her leave, but once Leah came, I mean, it was amazing. It was a whole new vibe. And, you know, we were so open. You know, we're, we're trying to win a championship here, and we know Leah's going to get us there. And we knew how great of a coach she was, how great of a person, how she is, and how what a great mom she is. And so we knew when she came here, they're like, we're going to give her everything we have and we're going to, you know, take this team to a new level. And so it was awesome seeing us transition here and how different we played just in the sense of with her for three months. You know, it, you say like, okay, well, there's a new coach. How are they going to play? How are they going to play? You know, we all knew like as a team, we just wanted to play together and do everything together. And if we stayed in the process with her, we knew it was going to get us somewhere. And we thought we had an amazing year last year. And we were so excited to take on the next year with her and really get into her system. And it's been paying off so well. And I'm so excited for everyone to see it back in Redbird Arena coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, I am right with you there. Just excited to see what she talked mm-hmm. about. It's obviously present on the field. She talks a lot about and You hear the interviews, of course. You know, fans, we're going to hear everything that she talks about with the team and she talks about team chemistry how well she wants you guys to play together fighting for every point I think that's just as a fan from my standpoint and I'm sure you can agree with it as well just how well this team under coach Johnson is able to fight back in games the one I can recall is last year when you guys had Missouri State at home last year uh coach Johnson's former head coach playing against you so right 
just an example there, what was that uh, test like last year? Um, that test was something that we weren't new to, and it's something that we weren't unprepared for. Um, she prepared us really well that week prior, and she came into that match saying, I don't want you to focus on my prior history here. I want you to focus on making your own history here and making your own, your own legacy with this chance to take out Missouri State. And that's what she was focused on, and that's what we were focused on as a team is beating that team. And she, you know, she said, don't focus on our, like, my history with this team and don't focus on that. She's like, I want you guys to focus on being a team and taking this team on and taking it on with full force. And so we gave our 100% effort our 100% attention just to the team itself and it really paid off for us you know later on in the year yeah it definitely set up for sure you guys had a lot of conference games following that just I'm sure it excites the fans especially to see the conference play that's coming up as you mentioned Redbird Arena in just a few weeks you know as you guys are finishing up these tournaments which credit to the team it's just playing incredibly well to start off the year a five and one start I'm sure just as one of the seniors and seeing that excitement already, it probably sets up a lot of continued excitement and just confidence to play even better throughout the year, I'm sure. Oh, yes, of course. It's, we're so excited. And we're, it's like every match we go into is just, when you think about it, is you give everything you have and you walk off the court with nothing left. And that's especially true for us seniors is because, you know, every match we play, we're closer to that last match. You know, as a freshman, you come in and you're just playing and you're like, oh, well, I have another match. I have another match every else, but, you know, like for our seniors, there's going to be a time where we get to where it's we don't have that last match. We don't have that last practice. We don't have that anymore. So I think for us as a group, we're doing our best to just give our team everything we have and, you know, having fun with it, and it's really paying off for us. We are 5-1. We have another tough weekend up ahead, but I am 100% confident in that any team that we face is, you know, they're going to be in trouble with us because we're going to take them on with everything we have. So I'm excited. And you just talked about last. There's a lot of last in the senior year, and something I wondered especially, you guys, you each had the chance to talk at the exhibition on the court about what your feelings are this season and just seeing each player, newcomer and veteran, it's just as a fan, exciting to see that. And just if you could paint me a bit of a picture here, what was that last year like, the last training camp this off season, getting into the season, your last exhibition, and Leading up to that, what is it going to feel like to be in your last regular season conference start home game in a few weeks? You know, so thinking about, like, the last, you know, summer workout or the last spring workout, there's always going to be that bit of excitement when you realize you don't have to run that much again. You know, you're not going to have to do that workout again. But the thing is, coming from us seniors, you know, we're we're a little upset about it in the sense that, you know, that's something, that's a bonding experience you get with a bunch of girls. That's something that, like, no one else can give you. And that's something that not even a game can give you. Like, that bonding experience of feeling like you guys accomplished something as a team is something that you won't get to do again. It's like, it was a little upsetting. You know, you're excited about, oh, like, yay, like, you finally made it. But at the same time, you, you start getting that feeling like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm never going to get to do that again with this group of people. Like, because we love this team and every single person on this team has a role in each of our lives and we, truly cherish that 100%. And so it's the idea of, like, we may not get to do that again with them is, like, it's really upsetting. And it's, like, you think about it and you just take every moment you have with them and you don't take anything for granted and you use every moment you have and every play you have and every practice and everything to better us now so we can have that legacy leaving it and just being happy with what we finish with. 
And that's undoubtedly present on the field. I see the way the team plays, it's electric. You guys, you know, this team of young women, it's obvious that not just the veterans are strong, but the newcomers especially. And just to highlight a few of them, I'm sure you have some insight of your own on them. Just seeing the way, and Kaylee Martin, the sophomore transfer from NIU, was able to fit in to the lineup players like Carly Nicholson, just naming a few right off the bat here, and Alyssa Kronberg, Melissa Stackman, uh, Brianna Kip getting a few more minutes this year as well. What has it been like just seeing some of these girls play, mm-hmm. and has there been one that you've been like, okay, this this young woman's going to be real, like the X factor for the team this year? Have you had like a, a teammate that you uh, see at this point doing that? I honestly think every single person on this team, every single new person has that X factor that's going to be the game changer for our team. Every person has come in at one point and has made a difference, so I think Every single person, every new person, every veteran, every single person has that factor that's going to come in and change the game for us at any point and can be that leading forward, like, when if you're not here. So even, you know, like, Carly Nicholson, Alyssa, Kaylee, Marissa, Taylor Lynch, all of them have that factor to come in and be the game changer that they already have done for our team. And as I always say, everyone has a role on our team, and so – that factor is something you have to have coming onto the team, and everybody has it. So leading up to any game that we have or the next season, anything, you're going to see all of them contribute and have that factor. And just coming into this tournament, there's going to be a lot of continued factors, I'm sure, with how Coach Johnson decides to play uh, the young women on the court, like rotation-wise. I'm sure it's that she's doing that very well so far, so I'm not going to try and critique that at all. She's doing a phenomenal job. Um, but what is it? What is the excitement going into Washington against these next few teams after this three-game win streak? Um, like the, I mean, nothing's going to change for us. We're going to go in and we're going to play our best, and we're going to do what we can. You know, so we are focusing on the first team that we play, Stony Brook, and then we're going to focus on Washington State, and then we're going to focus on the East. We go into every match focusing on that opponent and that opponent only. And that's what I think has really contributed to us being on this streak. We don't focus on the streak. We're focusing on each game, like, one point at a time, one play at a time. So we don't look ahead. We stay in the moment, and we play every match like it's our last. And so that's what's really gotten us where we are. And so I think going into this weekend, no one's really focused on the so-called streak. We're not thinking about it. We're not talking about it. We're talking about the one team that we're going to beat and as if that's like the biggest match that we need to play at that moment. And so I think that's going to help us throughout the weekend. And can't wait to see what happens, of course, coming up. It's just a day or two away. But a final question, I have to direct this one to you. And it's probably something a lot of people are wondering about. I'm sure it's something you've been thinking about since the season started uh, in your senior year. A lot of players, when they play, they have something they want people to remember them by when they play that last game, that last serve in volleyball terms. What is, if you could to mind right now, bring it to what your thought is, uh, just foreshadowing the end of the season, what do you want Redbird fans to remember you the most for as a player? As a player, I want Redbird fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. I want everyone to remember me by, they see me on the court and they see how positive I am, how I'm a great teammate and how I'm constantly trying to make something next to me better. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself and that is very giving and 
um, I think I do that very well, and I, that's what I really want other fans to remember. And remember by my great smile and how I come across to people, and I am very open, and I will talk to anybody, and I just make everybody around me better. And we can't wait to see that, of course, this weekend as you guys go into the Cougar Challenge Tournament, following that another tournament in Wisconsin, and then some conference matches, and then you're back home at Redbird Arena September 28th. So, Lexi Varga, it has been a pleasure to feature you on the first ever player interview in this show's history. So, just first off, thank you for your time. We are looking forward, of course, to continuing coverage of the Illinois State volleyball team as they move forward in the season. And as the host of the show, we wish the team nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. And- it's been a pleasure, and I just can't thank you guys enough. So, Anthony, that was a really interesting interview. I know I was telling you how excited I was. That was the first player interview in this show's history, and what better a player to pick than Lexi Varga? Uh, she's just – it was just such a pleasure to interview uh, a player like Lexi for this show, uh, the first one in, in history of Wilson's Court Special. That's a big deal for this show. And uh, just the open questions, you – are along with me here, as many Redbird fans are. We're excited for Redbird Volleyball right now. What, Not just what they're doing after that exhibition that sent shivers down the spine in a positive note, in my opinion, of what we get to be excited about. I mean, Leah Johnson brought continued excitement to this team even last season. Credit to Coach Melissa Myers as well, though, for what she did in her nine years with the Redbirds prior to um, Leah Johnson coming last season to the Redbirds. But just looking at the roster, and I know you have it out with you, there's a lot of exciting things so far for this team, but what are your opening thoughts on the ISU volleyball team to this point, Anthony? I think that um, based on that exhibition game against DePaul, which they swept in three sets to nothing, I think that head coach Leah Johnson and the rest of the Redbird um, volleyball girls can really have a successful season that has been continuing through these tournaments that they've had. They haven't even had a home game yet, but with these tournaments, they have shown tremendous effort and a lot of improvement and they've been playing a lot of big schools yes they fell to Georgia but they were able to take one set from them and that demonstrates that they were able to keep up with a high caliber SEC team and there are a lot of great players that are making a difference like Lexi Vargas we saw in that interview a lot of freshmen excuse me are getting a lot of playing time such as Marissa Stockman and Courtney Petz She's been a huge digs leader, and coming into the season, she held the record, and I just saw a notification on social media, I believe it was Twitter, after um, their first match that she continues to climb up the ladder, and I believe is now third all-time. All-time, good Lord. Third all-time in the Missouri Valley with digs. That's huge. I think she's maybe about about maybe 200 to 400 away, so I think with the season just getting started, she'll – get that first place spot in no time. And we were just talking about in the words in no time, Anthony. The Redbirds just added another game in the win column for the Illinois State Volleyball Program as they beat Stony Brook. That is the first game of three in the Cougar Challenge this weekend in Pullman, Washington. Just taking a look at some of the stats on the Illinois State side. At set one, they had 12 kills against Stony Brook, 17 in set two. And 14 in set three. And just looking at some of the numbers here, Anthony, the Redbirds led in just looking at the team comparison to Stony Brook University, 57 to 31 in points, 43 to 24 in kills. Those are very close margins there. But some of the numbers I'm watching that are big for Illinois State to lead in this game uh, as it ended, 
six aces over two, eight blocks over five, 41 assists over 24. That's credit, of course, to Jordan Weatherless, uh, the Redbird senior and sophomore star phenom player. In my opinion, Steph Jankowicz, who is a fun player to watch, what she's able to help accomplish with Illinois State, along with Jordan Weatherless uh, at the set position uh, as setters. 41 assists to 24, and 52 digs to 40. As you mentioned, Anthony, Courtney Pence is just climbing the Illinois State record books, as the other seniors are currently. So just reading some of those stats, it's so exciting to see what this team does. And I, This was when we first started talking. This is the second time on the show that we're able to talk about Illinois State Volleyball as the season just began about a month or so ago. And just a player I picked to watch, and I'm still going to keep this pick moving through the season. I think she's – I'm, I'm going to quote Hawk Harrelson, a pick-to-click type player, and I'm sure you have one as well, so I'm going to ask you that here in a second. Mine is still going to be Kaylee Martin, the sophomore transfer from NIU, just continues to play consistently well. And I was actually asking Lexi in that interview, and we talked about it a little bit, how those newcomers are meshing with the veterans. That's not just credit to Coach Leah Johnson and her staff uh, that do just a really good job coaching and you know keeping Illinois State's volleyball players healthy and ready for games. The trainers as well do a really good job, but... This girl's just fitting right into the lineup of these young women that have played together for two, three, one whole season, you know, with the way some of the newcomers came in last year with Brianna Kipp and uh, Kendall Meyer and just seeing how she fits. Like we talked about that exhibition that, and you were at that game as well, Anthony, that was exciting to see how quickly some of these new players are fitting in that lineup. But I actually ran into them at CBS after one of the, their uh, tournaments when they were coming back to campus, which we're glad they get back safely, of course, as well. But I talked to them about maybe how they were feeling about, like, you know, Brianna Kipps getting more playing time this year and, you know, with Jalen Keene leaving, uh, with graduating and everything like that, and Megan Buki as well. But just seeing the way this team plays, they, they play with so much passion. They never give up that easily. When you see Illinois State Redbird Volleyball, you can tell they do not give up easily. So, Anthony, what has the player you've been paying attention to so far this year that – you believe is the X factor or player to watch this season for Illinois State Volleyball? Well, you were talking about some new players um, taking a lot of minutes, and the one player that sticks out to me is freshman Marissa Stockman. And just seeing some of her highlights as she has come in um, with the Redbirds, she has been able to just adapt perfectly and fit right into the Redbird scheme. She has been um, contributing a lot of kills um, for the Redbirds, and just seeing those highlights, I would not want to be – I'm trying to block one of those kills because she's got a lot of power. She averaged 2.3 kills per set and 2.8 points per set. And as a six foot three freshman, obviously you gotta love the height there to get up there and help block it. And that's really important, Anthony. Defense is something we we we've seen what uh, Coach Leah Johnson's style is. At. Obviously, this is her second season. What when I covered their beat, their uh, team as a beat reporter last year, that was a fun thing to do. Very exciting team to help cover. Uh, for over at WZND, uh, the great radio station on the campus of ISU as well. Um, just how much team chemistry and just playing together and playing for those Redbird fans. They love to play for our Redbird fans. They love playing in you know Redbird Arena, representing Redbird Faithful, and you love to see it. Now, my closing question for you, Mr. Ferretti, how do Marissa Stockman, the five-star pillar Redbird seniors on that team, as I call them this year, how do they – move forward in this tournament, continuing that sustained success and solid play, hopefully adding more digs to those totals, as you just mentioned there, which is a very impressive total for 
uh, Redbird history as it continues to move forward. Washington State ranked number 23 at, tonight at 9.30 p.m. first serve, and tomorrow at noon, the final game of those three against McNeese. What are your predictions for tonight and uh, moving forward for this ISU team? Well, I think that if they can do what they did in the exhibition game and if what they have been doing in past tournaments, such as the Top Dog Invitational, which they won, I think they will be able to get that continued success and build, keep building that chemistry and be able to get wins. And I think that against number 23, was it Washington? Yes, number 23, Washington State. I think they might be able to beat them because they were able to pull an upset last year against Northern Iowa. Which is a big game. Exactly. So they know what it's like to be the underdogs and pull an upset. So they have that mentality. They've got a great uh, winning streak that they that they have riding into this game. And I think they can get that and then win the following game tomorrow. As we mentioned, the Illinois State Redbird volleyball team now currently with a record of 6-1 and one on the year. They're not done yet as they have another game tonight over in Pullman, Washington against ranked number 23, Washington State. That is a 9.30 p.m. first serve. You're not going to want to miss along with a noon first serve tomorrow against McNeese. That will be the final game of the three-game series for the Redbirds. Their next tournament will be next week on the road. Three more games in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They're coming back to Redbird Arena and Redbird Faithful, their first home game coming up in just a few weeks. We here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special will keep you covered every step of the way. Now, Anthony, we're headed in to another exciting – there's a lot of – Redbird sports excitement here. We're yeah. getting into the football part, and you and I were on the call for that home opener that was mentioned there in the beginning. That is correct against uh, St. Xavier. Exactly. The Illinois State Redbirds, it was the second time. Now, the listeners might not have heard us on the call. Uh, that was a great call we had with Mr. Joey Dwyer, who, and, and just the team of us three on the call there. It was a lot of fun uh, calling it for the fans of uh, Redbird football. And that was the second time only in program history, Illinois State has not even hosted but played St. Xavier University. The Mm -hmm. last time they played St. Xavier University was back in 2004 in Normal, Illinois, a different football stadium before the great Hancock Stadium we have now on the campus. The Redbirds won that 44-14, and they won. And you had your own prediction as well. So kind of share with us, you know, you're happy with that 46-0 win, but tell tell the listeners what that uh, small prediction was that you had in the booth that uh, you were sharing with me and Joey there. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, we were working the game, and we were walking up to the press box before the game, and I said, I think the Redbirds are going to be able to get a win, and they're going to win 59 to nothing. And I remember Joey looking at me, and he was saying, there's no way they're going to win by that much. But as they kept accumulating points, both offensively and defensively. Expect the unexpected, man. Exactly. Joey was like, huh, this 59 to nothing is seeming a bit more realistic. I mean, yeah, they put up 46, but still, they were able to defeat the Cougars by a very wide margin. Wide margin it was, and I think the Redbirds, not just offensively and defensively, not to bash St. Xavier too much, but there's too much that's hard not to say right now, Anthony. The Illinois State offense under new quarterback, junior transfer Brady Davis, I was so excited to see what he can do. A lot of Redbird fans were a little worried. He only had one game under his belt over in the University of Memphis in those three years, and to be able to do what he did in that first game, now granted, the Redbird Conference is a little bit lower than where Memphis was, but what he was able to put together with his new team, you know, their first full game together as a, as an offense with him at the helm under center as quarterback, what he was able to put together was just incredible. Mo- the way he moved in the pocket, his timing, the timing of his passes to the guys like Spencer Snell, 
Tyler Pekovic, the way he managed the run game. I think Brady Davis is going to be a, a fun player to continue to watch for Illinois State this season, Anthony. But just what are your opening thoughts on what we can expect to see after 2018? We talked about this on the call. I remember asking you and Joey this, so I'm going to probably ask you it again here to see what you're thinking still at this point as we are just one night away from that game against Eastern Illinois. And seeing what Eastern Illinois did on the road – uh, when we played them over in Charleston last year, I had the pleasure to call it with Tom Prizman. And this Eastern team, we've, we've seen through the offseason, they've improved that offense, which they needed to do a little bit more. Their defense is still pretty sound and structured. Uh, good coaching staff still as well over there in Charleston. How do you feel like the Redbirds against higher conference teams? Because St. Xavier's a lower team they play. You know, a lot of college teams are open against lower teams at first. But moving forward, they have a lot of big opponents coming up and a big season right now. So, how do you feel like they can continue that winning from game one into tomorrow night against Eastern Illinois? Well, I think the first thing is that with this win against the Cougars, they shouldn't get too carried away by that and thinking, oh, we got to win. We're going to be able to keep that up the whole season. Every team is different. And yes, the Cougars were a Division II team, but it still gave them that opportunity to see how their offense and defense can work heading into the season. Because as we mentioned, they're going to be tougher games against Colorado State and then bigger MVFC rivals, such as North Dakota State, and that they're going to need to play very smart football like they did against the Cougars. And as you mentioned, the offense was melding really well. Brady Davis only had one game under his belt, didn't know how he was going to play, but he seemed pretty calm under center and was able to adapt to the offense. And just talking to him, he was saying that he – uh, watched a lot of film about what made the Redbirds successful in 2015, I believe it was, when they made it to the national title game, and how he can kind of carry that over and yeah, make another successful season. Because they have finished his last few seasons six and five. Maybe Brady Davis is the key to get possibly a seven and four season. So I feel like Anthony, you already have a player you're watching throughout the year. I I couldn't agree more with that one, but I'm really watching the running back position as well. We talked about that. They have. And it was Joey Dwyer's favorite play. we got to give him a shout here in this one. His buddy Jordan Birch, the sophomore, uh, the third uh, string running back now under a two-headed monster over at running back there, and James Robinson and Markel Smith. Interesting story there. My aunt, my godmother, uh, my Aunt Debbie Berger, she um, told me and called me the night I first saw Valpo and ISU when I came here as a junior transfer back in fall of 2016 and talked about James Robinson coming from Rockford. He could have chose a Big Ten school, but he chose and followed his heart here to Illinois State. We have a solid three running back-based offense. Brock's back, Anthony, just your closing thoughts here. What do you think of Brock's back's team now with these coaching changes, the players? What excites you about this season? I think it's that the amount of depth that um, he has brought to the team and that there we've got a lot of variety. As you mentioned with the running backs, we got a trio James Robinson, Markel Smith, Jordan Birch. We got a good backfield, and that way we can be confident that if one of them gets hurt, we'll still be okay. And their receiving core is doing great as well. Spencer Schnell and all those guys. Uh, Brady Davis was able to get a touchdown um, to Tyler Petkovich, so he's looking really good. Um, there's a nice um, offensive lineman. I believe it's Higginson. Um, he's a sophomore, really big, strong guy, and that just exhibits the amount of trust that Coach Beck has put in the sophomore to go up against these big um, six-foot linemen. And there was an interesting question, and I, I know you had the answer for it. So we're, if the listeners didn't know, uh, on our call uh, of Illinois State football that Anthony Ferretti and I had with Joey Dwyer, who will be featured on episode 18 in the next few weeks here, 
we I quizzed the listeners, and it's something I've haven't heard a lot of broadcasters do before. They have their own style, their own approach to things. It was about one of the past Redbirds that just graduated from the team. He was yes. like basically, the, in my opinion, one of the Brian Erlacher of that defense on mm-hmm. the defensive line there, kind of like your Lance Briggs, Erlacher type you can depend on. There were a lot of defensive seniors, uh, strong players that the Redbirds lost. Mm-hmm. But we saw that defense was still as solid as it was last yes. year, which was just exciting on both ends of the ball, especially with offense too. But Dalton Keene, that question, and uh, you had the answer for it, which I appreciate on that call. But uh, just an interesting story, and uh, just this football team is so exciting, Anthony. I know as students, you started here last year as a freshman. I'm going into my final semester as a super senior here at Illinois State. We, we Jake Colby did pretty well in that game, but we needed answers at quarterback, mm-hmm. and I feel like I have to agree with you on this. I think Brady Davis is that answer. We're, we're very set at the running back position as well. At just looking at the stats here, five attempts and 54 yards gained for Jordan Burst, the sophomore. Markel Smith, nine for 51, as well as James Robinson, nine for 51, respectively. The second half, we saw Nick Kilbasa, the Redbirds senior running back, eight for 29, and Trento Hatfield, four for 20. Just looking at the quarterback numbers here as well from the game against St. Xavier last week, 12 for 19 and 123 yards and a touchdown. Longest pass being 35 yards for new Redbird in his debut, Brady Davis. Jake Colby, a respective 6 for 10 and 50 yards, his longest being 17, and he was only sacked once. So an exciting game that was. It's going to be even more exciting to see as the Illinois State Redbirds face Eastern Illinois at Hancock Stadium once again. So the Redbirds will be hosting a game the second time in a row this season after their home opener last weekend. That is a 6.20 p.m. First kickoff, you'll hear it on WJBC, 12.30 a.m., the voice of the Redbirds, along with 103.3 WZD, the Pulse of Redbird Nation, now heading into the professional sports segment. On the Saturday morning of September 1st, 2018, Chicago Bears fans woke up to trade news that shocked the football world and the future of the Chicago Bears organization came to a sudden change. Reports were released that morning that the Bears acquired star defensive player Fifth overall pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, Khalil Mack from the Oakland Raiders. GM Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears sent two, two first-round picks, both in 2019 and 2020, along with their 2020 third-round pick and a sixth-round pick in 2019 for the 2016 Defensive Player of the Year. The Bears, along with Mack, received a 2020 second-round pick and a fifth-round conditional pick in 2020 from the Oakland Raiders. The Chicago Bears also gave Khalil Mack a six-year deal worth $141 million dollars making him not just the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history, but a focal point for the next great Chicago Bears defense. The Bears made a trade that pushes them even close under new head coach Matt Nagy as a team going for contention and maybe even another Super Bowl or more in the next few years. The Chicago Bears begin their 2018 NFL regular season on the road Sunday night at Lambeau Field to face their rival, the Green Bay Packers. Anthony, we had a lot to talk about. Uh, I know you and I were talking a lot about this after it unfolded. Mitch Trubisky, actually, uh, did you hear about how he uh, found out about this? Um, I did not, to be honest. Okay, Tell we're, we're going to share with the listeners. that they, it, it was really interesting, the response that you heard from your franchise quarterback. Just You could tell how great his personality is the way he responded to this. So the media obviously asked you know, the players, Matt Nagy and you know, the Bears organization, the main p- parts of it how they feel about the trade, how excited they are to work with Khalil and having him be a, 
he's going to be with the Bears for a long time, in my opinion. They, they didn't just give him a six-year deal. They're telling him, hey, we want you to be part of this team long term. But Mr. Bisky answered the question. I was woken up in the in the morning, you know, almost the middle of the night, and like the wee hours of the morning, pretty much. And he said, oh, I don't, ca- I, I, I don't care. I, I'm trying to sleep. And, uh, well, you could tell he probably cared, obviously, but he was just really tired. You know, he's having – he, he, it's his second year, but he's the starter in his first whole season. So I don't blame him for wanting more sleep. He's a great quarterback. Going to have a successful career at the Bears, in my opinion. One of my favorite players to watch this year. But to hear that response, I'm, I'm interested to hear how the conversation went with him and Khalil Mack, if Khalil heard that from Mitch. I'm sure they had a few good chuckles between that. But what are your thoughts on Khalil Mack, though? I mean, we've seen some of the stuff in the media right now with the interviews and everything. This guy is a class act. He said the two things he cares about just – touching on what he talked about in the presser real quick. He cares about the playbook being a great part of this team moving forward and its success. He wants to be a big part of that, which is important to hear, uh, you know, from the, to the newcomers, the veterans of the team and the coaches as well. And Ryan Pace, uh, just showing the confidence they made in that move. He cares about his teammates. That's the thing that really stuck out to me. And I'm sure you can agree with that as well. Being a great teammate is what Khalil Mack believes in, not just in playing for himself. He doesn't want to play for himself like an Adamican Sioux. Uh, players like that we've seen this guy's a team player from what we heard now we're obviously gonna have to wait and see that on the field as well but Anthony what were your first thoughts when you woke up that morning just like I did and other Bears fans here uh to Khalil Mack yeah well I was sleeping in my dorm room and I went uh to check my phone to see notifications and I see ESPN breaking news Bears acquired Khalil Mack and I'm like oh my goodness I'm like this is a real deal. I'm like, it's ESPN. I'm like, this wouldn't be a joke. And just seeing that, I'm like, wow. And obviously, we were talking about it too. It's getting Bears fans real excited for their um, season opener against the Packers. And they're trying to show them that head coach Matt Nagy um, and or show the fans that the Bears are the real deal and they're not joking around. We got a lot of nice picks um, in the draft, such as Roquan Smith. Thank big we were, piece, too. Yes, we were able to get that deal worked out. So now he's going to be working well with the defensive core and the other defensive pieces that we had. And now the offense is melding well. Mitch Trubisky's got some more running backs and wide receivers that he can work with. And I think it's going to be a really exciting season to have Khalil Mack. Yeah, not just another excitement for the Bears. They get another one in their cards there as fantasy players. You and I both do that as well. And just football fans as well over in the nice, beautiful Chicago, Illinois area of Bears faithful. They will be facing their rival Packers in Green Bay, not just at home. They're not facing them at home this time. They open on the road at Lambeau Field against the Packers, Anthony. Your first full year with Mitch Trubisky, who probably, he hasn't played before on the road at Lambeau Field in this position completely. Because that was Mike Glennon before that we saw in that position. Mitch was just waiting to come up to start in that game because he didn't get his first start until after that against the Minnesota Vikings. And it's not just excitement about that defense. You know, Vic Fangio's still there. We still have those key pieces there. Got that full, longer year, four-year deal, the Kyle Fuller, which needed to be done. Uh, we have a new special teams coordinator. Mike Kelfrich is now our new offensive coordinator. Harry Highstand's now back with Bears Faithful uh, before his 10 10- Air ended a while back under Coach Love. He's back with the team managing that O-line that's can grew even more with the offense. And there's a lot of pieces. I'm sure we can spend a whole hour more talking about them, but we got to be brief about it right now. Al Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Jordan Howard, who's one of my favorites along with Mitch Trubisky. 
what excites you about as the Bears get ready to face the Ralph Packers Sunday night? What do you think they need to do to win week one? This is a big game to start the season for the Bears. Well, I think it's um, to live up to the hype. Hype. Everyone's like, oh, we got all these great offensive players and defensive players. Now the Bears, they need to not let that get past them. and They need to show the Monsters of the Midway fans that they can compete. And it's not just something they're putting on a show with, but that it's something that they can beat division teams and such as the Packers and hopefully get a spot into the playoffs because they've not been there, I believe, since 2010 when they lost to the Packers. So they're trying to get back. And I'm sure... You can agree with me on this, that we'd love to see the Bears back in the playoffs. I couldn't agree more. The last time I remember seeing them in the playoffs as a kid was against the Seattle Seahawks years ago, back when they had good old uh, Matt Hasselbeck there. He was a really good quarterback in his time there in Seattle before Russell Wilson. So Ryan Pace, and I've talked about this with numerous people, uh, my close friend Steve Rizala, Alex Donar, my dad, uh, just shout out to them. Great sports guys there, there of many off the bat. Ryan Pace, in my opinion, is a very underrated general manager. He's the youngest general manager ever hired to that role in the NFL's history. He's made his name known already when he drafted Mitch, trading those picks, which if I were Ryan Pace and you had to go back in time, i say do that again. Mitch Trubisky was one of the best risks along with this deal that the Bears have ever made in history of their organization. So what are your thoughts on not just week one, but – your closing thoughts on what Matt Nagy can do for this team. I feel like he's going to be here more than just his contract of four years. He's going to be here a long time, the way he's hopefully going to transform this offense and team. That, that, that man just has such great energy. He's bringing the team already, like they've talked about, the players. What excites you about this organization's future this year? That they were able to bring a lot of new pieces in, in terms of um, people on the field and off the field, but they – Bring in with head coach Matt Nagy, they bring in playoff experience. He was able to um, coach Alex Smith, who was able, who was a playoff quarterback. A very well-known quarterback as well. And he's able to bring that in and bring that mindset into the Bears about, hey, this is the mentality that made the Chiefs successful in the playoffs. Maybe we can do that with the Bears. And as you mentioned, they got this young organization, and it's all part of that rebuilding thing. And we've seen that in Chicago with a lot of different teams. And maybe the Bears um, will be the next team to rebuild and bring home a Super Bowl trophy. That's what we hope for here, Mr. Ferretti, as Will's fifth quarter special will continue to cover all of the Chicago Bears' success and wishing them the best in any failures that come as well. Nothing's perfect in any sport or anything in the world. As the Chicago Bears' week one matchup, Matt Nagy gets his first regular season debut as a head coach in the NFL as the Monsters of the Midway and good old Chicago, Illinois, the Bears head for their week one matchup on the road this weekend, Sunday night, a 7:20 kickoff start at Lambeau Field against the rival Green Bay Packers. Now heading into the Chicago White Sox section, there is a, now this came as a great shock to me. We were preparing for the show, you know, mm-hmm. made sure you got here okay, which is good. And all of a sudden, this was like not even an hour ago, it's a half hour ago, and that's how quick some breaking news stories can come. Out right out of Chicago on the south side, a sad moment for Sox fans, a little scary, but for a young player that we're still, I still believe, is going to be successful in a career with the White Sox, it's too early to tell that he can or can't at this point. Senior phenom, White Sox phenom pitcher 
Michael Kopech has reportedly torn a UCL and is likely, and it's been reported and confirmed, uh, barring another test that he's going to have done, according to GM Rakan. There's a chance he could have Tommy John surgery and set up the 2019 season after he's only been in the majors for only a month. And Anthony, this is just some of my opening thoughts on it. It's a scary thing for White Sox fans. Just looking at uh, credit Scott Greger over on uh, Twitter, talking about the White Sox. If just keeping track, the high-end prospects, including Kopech right now, Jake Berger from Missouri State. We know him from the Missouri Valley the last few years. Alec Hansen, Micker Adolfo, Dane Dunning, and Luis Robert have had major injuries. But, you know, Robert, Dunning, uh, Hansen, some of those guys, they've already recovered. But Jake Berger and Adolfo are still following that. But these players are young enough where it's going to be okay. Now, we, we don't know for sure what's going to happen after this, but I believe Michael Kopech is young enough. And the White Sox aren't going to take any chances. I feel like... You know, if they, they say, hey, let's get this surgery done, they are doing that not just to make sure that Kopech's future is intact because they, you know, he's he's a team, he's the future, one of the future members of the team. They care a lot about his well-being in the game of baseball in the major leagues and his career. But the future of the White Sox, and it's really important that they approach this in the right manner, like what we're seeing on the south, north side with Hugh Darvish. That, it, it's almost a way to compare it a little bit the way the teams are handling their pitchers, not to bash the Cubs, but I feel like, uh, you know, you Darvish wasn't the best signing for them this year. Uh, I mean, we could talk about that later in this Cubs part here, but just comparing it to how both teams are managing their pitchers, I feel like the White Sox, I have no doubt that they're going to have a successful rebuild. You know, injuries are going to happen, and but they're getting through it with Luis Robert. What's happened to him? Eloy was pretty banged up this year too. I wouldn't say this year two rebuild's been a complete, Failure, the team's doing well in the major league level still. They're winning games right now before the season closes, which is not something you always see for rebuilding teams. I know Ricky's boys don't quit, but I don't think it's just Ricky, Anthony. These players are ready to play for the Sox. Kopech is still going to be part of that, I believe, even if he does come back 2020. He's still a part of the organization. You have Dylan Cease, a lot of names. But I'm going to let you give your opening thoughts on this devastating breaking news to a White Sox player that I still think is going to be with the team long term. Yeah, obviously it came as a shock to me as well uh, when I saw that and you were telling me about it. And it's a big hit for White Sox fans. Um, obviously, um, with Kopech being so young, everyone's like, oh, you know, what's going to happen to him? But at least he's just beginning the start of his career um, after just being called up. So this Tommy John surgery, although it thinks he's going to be out until the 2020 season, it's um, for the better for him and to help him improve However, the White Sox got a young um, batch of players, so they're still going to be able to adapt. So impressive, too. I'm sure you can agree, like, what you saw with the Cubs there, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what is something, you know, I know you're more of a Cubs fan, but you still, you, you've told me how excited you uh, are for Sox fans, the way the mm-hmm. team's playing. What are your thoughts on how they've been winning games right now? Uh, the Hawk Harrelson day, that was pretty cool to see. Um, one of my broadcast others right there, shout out to Mr. Hawk, uh, Ken Harrelson there, uh, congratulations to him and his career as well. And just 2018 regular season play finishing up for the Sox. What do you feel, what do you feel like this will, has said about the confidence the team has in the year two of the rebuild? Not just that, but moving forward. Well, I think it does give them some confidence that, yeah, this is, I'm going to be one of the cracks in the road that's going to hold them back, but they're, they're going to pick themselves up like they've been doing and be able to adapt um, with what they need. They've still got a good staff of young pitchers, and even 
what they've drafted uh, they can work with as well. And Hawk Harrelson, yes, I'm more of a Cubs fan, but you know what? I don't think anyone beats Hawk Harrelson. Just listening to his voice during Sox games makes it so much more entertaining to watch. I have to ask, though, are you also a big – I know he was with both our teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad reminded me that he was with both uh, our favorite teams. Were you a big fan of Harry Carey? Like when you're – we're both aspiring broadcasters, so what do you feel – just comparing him to Hawk there, uh, what Harry Carey did as well. You can almost say – I wouldn't say Hawk's in the same ballpark of the level that Harry Carey was, but he's he's not that far off, in my opinion, as one of the best baseball broadcasters to ever uh, call baseball. Yeah, I think so. They're, they're both really um, experienced broadcasters, uh, regardless of the team that they've been on, but it's just something about them, you know, that their character they bring um, on to the game, that voice that they have. It's not just bland of, Oh, here's the pitch. Now he takes a strike. The enthusiasm moves no with the game. No cliches either. Exactly. No. no cliches. No, like if someone gets a home run or a strikeout, you know, he's got his signature thing. And and it, they've said it so much that people are saying it just even when they're not playing. It's on T-shirts and everything. Everything. Exactly. So it stinks to uh, see him go. But, you know, as much as you want to call sports your entire life, you know, there was probably a thing where, like, hey, you know, maybe I've got to spend more time with family. That could exactly. be Exactly. That's too what because, Hawk was saying about it. Yeah. He's very excited for that. Yeah. Family's um, um, a big – plays a big role in your life, and they've obviously been the ones that have been by your side as a broadcaster, and both of us can relate to that as our parents have been. Family's um, the most important in the supporting world. Supporting us, and, you know, obviously they're supporting him in his decision, and he will be missed. He has definitely got a legacy – that he has left behind, and whoever, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, who will fill the gap for Hawk. And I think Jason Benetti is going to do a great job with that out of the home of Foster. I'm not too far from there over in Lansing, so that's exciting to see. And as Hawk Carrollson was quoted in his uh, pregame ceremony that sent tears of joy to uh, White Sox fans that love Hawk Carrollson, uh, part of not just the White Sox family uh, with the team, but with fans as well. Hawk said he believes he is the greatest one of the luckiest and happiest uh, men on the face of the earth. I could not agree more on White Sox fans and the organization agree with him as well as I. Heading into the Cubs segment now, just touching on the Sox end a little bit there briefly, Anthony, we forgot to talk about this. Uh, hard not to. The Angels, uh, the White Sox are playing them this evening as well. Uh, one of three games on that road trip. And then they go on three games on the road to one of my least favorite teams, but a team I have a great amount of respect for historically, the Kansas City Royals, they head over to Kauffman Stadium. Now heading into the Chicago Cubs segment, your favorite part of the show here, Mr. Freddie, I'm sure. Just looking at the results of the games, they the Cubs have a lot of upcoming games against the Washington Nationals as they're playing them tonight. And uh, another three-game homestand, that'll be against the division rival Milwaukee Brewers. And Anthony, I'm sure as a Cubs fan, you can agree there's some exciting baseball going on. The Cubs facing their former and just looking at the reports here, a game we thought would be maybe in the second or third inning as it started around 6 o'clock, it's delayed. The beauty of rain, my friend. Uh, we, we hope, of course, uh, learning where the rains come from in this, the parts of the country from uh, the Hurricane Gordon. We hope everyone's okay in that situation with the weather being safe. But what are your opening predictions on the remaining games for the Cubs? And a team that I think is still going to be pretty prevalent in the postseason as well. There's a lot of exciting teams, though. That oppose them along with the Brewers, the uh, Braves as well. The Dodgers are still in there. 
uh, the Nationals, they're kind of in the middle of it right now. Uh, what are your predictions for the remaining Cub regular season games, Anthony? Well, it's still a race for the playoffs, and they've still got a handful of games. Obviously, it's not a lot of games, but they've still got um, some games left for them to prove themselves and uh, get some things working for the playoffs and see what's been going. And obviously, the big hype has been with David Bodie and him just hitting game-winning shots like it's nothing. He can like do it in his sleep. Um, obviously, it's good to know to have a player like him that he can come up clutch in late innings, but you know they also want to figure out what if Bodie gets hurt or he doesn't come up in that situation. They're going to have to be able to adapt and get some other hitters, but their pitching hasn't been too bad, and they've got a lot of other hitters um, in, such as Rizzo Bryant. He's been back in the lineup getting the swing of things. Um, and I think with that, that they can get um, a steady pace going for the playoffs and be able to keep up with these teams. And I think it's going to be crucial getting these division wins because that's what it's really going to come down to if their lead shrinks. And I'm going to mention what I mentioned in the last episode just a few weeks ago. We had Hector Carrion, who was another. Uh, I respect any Cub fan that just was able to tough out and stay with their team with that uh, 108 years it took to win. That was just so respectable just as a baseball fan to see what those fans went through. You know, people in their 80s and 90s that got to see that. We hope that can happen to the Sox as well. And other, any team moving forward in sports that has that situation, we hope. I love seeing different teams win. And as a White Sox fan, I have nothing but the utmost respect for what the organization on the north side of Chicago has done. They continue to do for their fans. They play for the fans. Any team does that, but you can tell that's undoubtedly happening over there for the Chicago Cubs. And just talking about David Bodie as well, Daniel Murphy playing his old team as the 83-57 and 57 record Cubs coming into tonight's game. Washington is not going too well again. And I I agreed with this, kind of. I was surprised by it. I didn't think Daniel Murphy was going to be the Cubs. I thought maybe a Bryce Harper trade would have happened instead of that. Of course, it's expect the unexpected in baseball during the trade deadline, the waiver trades. How excited are you for Daniel Murphy's 302 batting average and the year, of, as we talked about on the show, the year of Javi Baez continuing to grow. Yeah, Javi Baez has been definitely putting on the show, whether that's offensively or defensively, making plays. And Daniel Murphy, obviously a trade we didn't expect because all the hype was, oh, where's Harper going to go? It's likely he'll go to the Cubs, and then they turn the tables around and we get Daniel Murphy. But we still get someone who's got a lot of experience in the league and can hit well and can play well. So it's even though we didn't get Harper, we still got a pretty good player. So I think it's a win-win for both sides. As we mentioned, the Chicago Cubs are in a rain delay at Nationals Park against their old bench coach, Davey Martinez, and his Washington Nationals. And we will hopefully see some action there as the rain will hopefully begin to recede and we could see some good old baseball over in Nationals Park. Now heading into the fun end of the show, it's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-host, and the listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can now hop onto the podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and social media pages to post their own sports movie moment favorites. Anthony, in the spirit of baseball and just the love of the game, I'm going to let you go first. I know you were excited about your movie choice, so Anthony... Share with us your first ever Will Sports Movie Moment choice tonight. Well, I've been waiting for this moment ever since 
you told me, and there were a couple movies I was thinking about choosing, but the one I'm going to go with, because I'm a really big hockey fan and I watched it over the summer, um, is Slapshot. I have not seen that movie before. Um, so it's uh, a hockey movie about a community team, and uh, there's a working mind that's shut down, and no one really knows where to go. And so this community team um, is brought together, um, and they're able to play and bring fans and able to just be successful. The community um, college thing sounds really cool about it, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the community team. Uh, they're called the Charlestown Chiefs. Um, you see everyone wearing those jerseys. they they got the blue jerseys, Chiefs. Um, and the scene, or it's kind of like what the team revolves around is the Hanson brothers. There's three of them. Um, and they're just a bunch of crazy guys. They're physical. They're just insane on the ice and off the ice. They're funny. And what I'm comparing that to is a couple of things for Redbird Sports. Um, the first one is with Redbird Basketball and how they revolve around their three-headed monster of Fanes, Evan, and Yarbrough and you can kind of see some relations here because those are the three they revolve around. And whenever they're on the ice, or in this case for the Redbirds, on the court, it's very entertaining for the fans to watch. And everyone's able to just play around them and build some chemistry with them. Um, but also with Redbird football, too, with um, the backfield that they have with Smith, Robinson, and Birch. That, that three-headed monster. Exactly. They both, the basketball and the football team, have those three-headed monsters that whenever they're on the field, it's entertaining. And they continue to produce um, – stats on the stat sheet, whether that's touchdowns or goals or three-pointers or steals or what have you. That's a slap shot. little pun there for you, Anthony, <laughs> and the listeners. Gotta love puns and good sports shows and segments and broadcasts. That's a slap shot choice for movie. I really like that one. I, along with the listeners on this show, look forward to checking out that movie. Check out Slapshot if you haven't seen it. You heard it first from guest co-host Anthony Ferretti. Now heading into my choice, it's a football movie. Now, I went with a football movie choice last week. It was one I was actually watching last night when preparing this script. It was Rudy, but tonight I'm choosing a movie with one of my favorite of... There's so many actors and actresses we have favorites of, Anthony. Hard to choose one, but it's Mark Wahlberg and the movie Invincible. Comparing it to Chicago Bears football, it's the scene when... Have you seen this movie, Invincible, hopefully? I have not, but I want to see it because there's so many of those... It's, on, it's my list on those classic sports movies that I need to watch. And I'm going to educate you right here, uh, Anthony. Uh, this, this movie, it's – I'm not going to spoil too much for the listeners, of course. I want you guys to see it on your own when you're able to as well. It's a great movie, a great title. But anyways, Mark Wahlberg's character, he's uh, Vince Papali. It's based on a true story. Uh, those are some of the best sports movies out there, the ones on the true stories to people that need to be told. He's a bartender and a substitute school teacher. It's in, back in 1976 in Philadelphia. It's, it's, a, it's a big recession in the uh, United States economy, and it's a tough situation for Americans and hard to find work. Strikes are going on, unions. There was a lot going on during that time period in, in the mid-'70s there. And he loves Eagles football. He's a big diehard fan. In the beginning of the movie, he's sitting in the stands with his best friends that he's known for years in, in Philly, watching the games. The team's not good. You know, It's kind of where the Bears were a few years ago, just comparing it to the Bears again. Uh, where the Browns are, where are, we're coming from too, like the Bears, not doing too well, losing seasons, losing the big teams. There was Tom Landry there in the Dallas Cowboys, but the big scene is at the end of the movie. Uh, that's my scene for tonight, where the new coach Dick Vermeil is a college coach, had success over at UCLA. He was 
you know, true st- truth, one of the best coaches to ever coach in the NFL in the end, but this was earlier in his career, his first year in the National League Football League, he's getting his team ready, and he tells them in the pep talk, you know, in the locker room, you know, these fans need something to look for, it's a tough time for people, you know, going through, this, like I mentioned, the strikes, this economic trouble, not having to find work or maybe even find food, maybe on the streets, some of these guys are, this is the team they come home to in that stadium in Philadelphia. And he said, don't just try and win one tonight. Win one for them. And Vince Papali goes out there on special teams. He, he tackles a few of those Giants players. But they got to him real good. But And he's like, oh, I, I know what I need to do for this team. He, he does a classic Bernard Berrien move, uh, a former Chicago Bear there. Of course, Devin Hester's the one you think about in kick returns. But what Bernard Berrien was able to do, Vince Papali, he, he gets the ball fumbled, you know, gets the Giants to fumble the ball. And he picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown. The the Eagles win it for the fans. He becomes another well-known player in Eagles history. I mean, you, I can even compare this to the Philadelphia Eagles, who did pretty well in that comeback win last night against the Atlanta Falcons. Sadly, though, Carson Wentz is banged up. Banged up. We wish uh, him the best recovery, as well as former Chicago Bear Alshon Jeffrey. But comparing this to the Bears, Anthony, this is a team. They have a new head coach, like this t- Eagles team did with Dick Vermeil. The Bears have that Matt Nagy. A new quarterback in his first full season with the team, second-year quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. They've made some new defensive moves, like uh, the move that that Eagles team made to bring in Papali, uh, Khalil Mack, some of those other big players the Bears have. Just actually earlier today extending Akeem Hicks to a four-year, $42 million deal with uh, about $20, $30 million guaranteed. That Eagles team in that movie shows you can do anything you put your mind to in sports, whether we were just talking about the Cubs Rubber volleyball with their players and the way the team's going right now, rubber football. You can compare this to any team in sports that's relevant to, but it's my favorite comparison to the Chicago Bears. I think this team is going to have so much success, and if you haven't seen Invincible, it's a really great movie. The cases and discs aren't invincible like DVDs are today. Uh, we wish they were like Blu-ray sometimes, but a little another pun there. Sorry, listeners, but uh, puns are funny. Uh, invincible and Slapshot are two movies to check out right there. And that is all the time we have in episode 17 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time to our monthly Facebook, which is coming up next week. You'll hear me on my personal Facebook giving you the monthly Facebook Live for September. There will be more great Fifth Quarter Sports Talk along with the revealed set plans for episode 18. I want to thank Anthony Ferretti for making his first ever appearance on Will's Fifth Quarter Special as the guest host. Anthony, you've done a lot of great work. From what I've seen over at WZND, I've seen you grow from your first year at Illinois State in broadcast last year. You've grown a lot, so I'm impressed with how you're doing so far. You're just continuing to do your own thing. You have a new play-by-play job now in high school sports, so you you had time to squeeze in for me. I appreciate that. The show appreciates you for that and as well as the listeners, so thanks for coming on for what was a great time talking sports tonight, and in the show's future, we can't wait to have you on moving forward uh, when the time presents itself. Yeah, I want to thank you guys so much for having me this podcast, and uh, you as well, Will. And you know, when I first got here, you were one of the first people I met, and you. We actually, my first game that I broadcast in color was um, with you. We did that women's basketball game against Butler. Um, so that was just a great experience getting to learn from someone um, or share the passion for sports thank you. I that appreciate I do. That. Um, and so being able to just talk sports um, with two friends for. The next hour or for this hour has been just amazing and great experience. 
Well, the show loves that enthusiasm, Anthony. We hope to find that continuing moving forward as well. Special thanks also goes to Illinois State Volleyball senior Lexi Vargo, who's a friend of the show, for giving her time to be a part of this show's episode, along with the support she gives to Will's fifth quarter special, along with the help of their team, SID Shelby Hilled, for helping make this interview possible. Anthony, I cannot say enough how great the SIDs are for Redbird Athletics. Credit to Mike Williams and his staff as they continue to produce solid work and sustaining what we believe is continued great success for Illinois State Redbird Athletics on the campus of Illinois State University. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farlow. So for Will, for me, Lexi Varga, and Anthony Ferretti, we're saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials. Go to WilliamDFarlow.com. To share your Will sports movie moment like we do on the show, post it on the Facebook page or on our Twitter at WilliamDFarlow. The fifth quarter never stops here on Will's fifth quarter special.